0: Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Highly Functional. This is Brianne Showman and I am joined today by Todd Stofka from Philly Hypnosis. Todd is a mindset coach and a hypnotist focusing on improving performance. So we had a great conversation diving into the mental side of performance, coming back from injury and overcoming those mental barriers that we all get in life. Whether you are an athlete, a clinician, or a coach, I think you'll find this conversation highly valuable. So let's tune in. Todd, thank you for joining me today. How are you?
1: Brianne, I am doing fantastic. And so thanks for having me on your uh, your podcast today.
0: You are quite welcome. I'm excited to talk to you. It's um, You do some things that... I've never personally gone through um, with your with the techniques that you use, but I think it can be really helpful to a lot of people, especially athletes. So I'm excited to dive into just learn more about hypnosis, how it works, why it's beneficial, and uh, all that fun stuff. But first off, let's just talk about you. Who are you?
1: Who am I? Well, I own Philly Hypnosis Performance, and since about 2000, I've been working on the mental game of business, sports, uh, weight loss, stopping smoking. Really, if you think about everything we do physically, it all starts in your head. And, um, you know, there's a connection between your head and your heart, but your body has to follow. So if you believe you can or you believe you can't, you know, Henry Ford says, you're right. You know, Proverbs 23 says, so a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So, you know, it's getting the right thought process going, you know, is probably 80% of the right game and getting, you know, and then once you get the thoughts right, it's easy for you to get yourself out of the way.
0: So true. So true. That mind, the mental side of things is amazing. Like the way you can, I know me, I overthink everything, especially skills I struggle with. And like the way I can just get in my head is amazing and frustrating.
1: <laughs> you know, there, and there, there is like a secondary gain with that. If, if you think about, you know, some of the times where you have some apprehension. So let's take the second most feared thing next to death and that's public speaking. Right. So if, if anybody has ever had it, whether it's the sweats, the butterflies, you know, to the vomiting, to passing out in extreme cases, your unconscious, you know, which works probably about at the seven, eight-year-old level, perceives something's wrong. So it's like being in your car, all the check engine lights come on, like it's too hot, low fuel, no oil, you know, and they're indicators, Right. And, you know, it's good to pay attention to it. However, in your body, sometimes there, you know, it's sort of a false indicator, right? Your, your heart is, you know, going up. There's more respiration. You are a little bit excited. The butterflies are, you know, flying, you know, that way. However, given that speech could be advantageous to your career for a grade or some kind of performance in and interview. So it, it's something that's needed, you know, just like, you know, I've seen some of the things and, you know, been in CrossFit myself, you know, going for your PRs, right. And taking it to the next level so that you can level up. Right. So, you know, it's, it's a level of stress. And, you know, in one sense, if you never do it, you know, I always tell clients like there was, well, why do I feel this way? I go, well, your body's just sort of protecting you. Right. Because if you don't subject yourself to it, you won't feel it. Right. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? You know, if you don't look at the, you know, the bar with, you know, all those plates on it, you don't have to get your shoulders underneath it and lift it or, you know, I mean, or grab a hold of it. You know, I mean, it's just, it's that simple. However, part of, you know, your plan, part of what you want to do or, you know, your career or, you know, some other advantage is, is there. And, you know, you kind of contrast that being, you know, the fear phobia, the mental thing. But yet when there's an emergency, you heard stories, of you know, of, of mothers that have gone out where they're. Child's trapped under a two thousand pound car and lifted it, you know with like one hand and grab their kid out and you know and we're struggling like uh you know trying to you know two hundred pound you know deadlift or something, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so you know there's some amazing things that can happen, you know when the brain and body work together, versus you know when we we talk ourselves out of it.
0: So let's start. Let's kind of dive into that. How do we besides those emergency situations that like make us all function together. How do we in normal situations get ourselves or get that mind and body to work together?
1: Well, if you were to come in my office prior to COVID before I had an office, now everything's (laughs) virtual. um, I have a whiteboard and on the top of the whiteboard, the first question is what do you want? Then there was the line and then it says what you don't want. And I'm going to bet, probably 90% of the time people come in and tell me what they don't want versus telling me what they want. So someone comes in, you know, if it's weight loss, well, I, I don't want to be fat. I don't want to be overweight. I don't want to have a heart attack. I don't want, you know, high cholesterol or diabetes or something. It's not what I asked. I asked, what do you want? You know, I would like to be, you know, a size, I mean, you know, a size 10 at 140 pounds you know, and whatever the dimension occurs that you're, you're looking to have, right? I mean, that, that's really what you want, right? You know, this is, this is the visual representation. This is the, you know, the kinesthetic weight level of it and, you know, type of thing, or, you know, I don't want to fail in my deadlifts. You know what I mean? I don't want to get up in competition and, you know, get so nervous where my hands are so sweaty, I can't grip the bar. No, no, I want to rip and grip. You know, I want to grip and rip. You know what I mean? I want to grab that bar and bring it up like it's, you know, 20 pounds. That's really what you want, right? But that's not what you're thinking. You know, on a very simple, you know, and a very simple part, that, that's, really, that, that's really to get people focused. And then the question is, is like, okay, how do we, you know, just like, you know, connecting, you know, electronics together, you know, plugging cables in, you know, your brain, in the neural networks, how do we then bring those things together? You know what I mean? Because it's, a, it's really a belief structure that's there, but the biggest thing is, is really fleshing out people. Cause once they start to see like, what do I want? Now all of a sudden the destination's really clear. Is that, does that make sense?
0: Yes, absolutely, absolutely.
1: And, and, that, and that's really the fundamentals of it. Then, then around it, there's a lot of other things to do is you know to help people get into the zone you know, in, in performing the zone and understand how to manage mistakes in some different areas, depending on the sport that they're doing, you know, there's different variables that come in, um, you know, to it, but that that's really the, the question because most people spend so much time thinking about what they don't want. And I have to think, you know, have them flip over in their, their thought process. And if, if that's the first thought that comes up, what's the mirror opposite reverse of that, you know, so that they can, you know maybe i say look write all these things down and then ask do i really want that no well what do you want then it's easy to kind of get the opposite and come over here and like okay how much are you focusing and what's the strategy what do we got to do to repeat this you know and make this you know much more manageable and you know much more in the zone okay is that making is that making sense
0: yeah it makes a lot of sense and it makes me wonder is there a reason that so many of us focus on that, what I don't want versus what I want? Are we some, somehow conditioned to think in that negative way versus the positive?
1: You know, I don't, I don't, when I talk to clients and that usually comes up like, is that positive? Is that negative? I really don't care. You know what I mean? Um, it's, I look at is what do you want? What is you don't want, right? I got a list of what I don't want and I got to focus so that this becomes the wind in my sail to get me over here, you know, to what, I, what I'm doing in that part. I'll give you an example. Um, for the London Olympic games, I work with a gentleman named Kedevus Robinson. I think he was 34 years old, ran the 800 meters, right? At the time he was, um, you, UNLV women's track coach. And so I was sort of his mental coach coming into those games. And if you looked at most 800 meters, they're, they're typically, you know, people coming right out of college because they're running that way. And, um, one of the, one of the things that he and I worked on was race day and he would show up at a race and he would get, you know, an hour before, you know, the typical butterflies, it could be cramps, they could be upset. stomach, it could be vomiting, could be a variety headache, you know, different things would typically get in the block still. However, the, you know, the consistency wasn't there and having good time splits. So if you, you think about like the two ends of the spectrum, you know, the one end of the spectrum over here would be like, hey, Kadivas, like, what if we cut off all the anxiety? Like, what if I showed you how to just eliminate that? And, um, you know, first it was cool, but someone who's kind of grown up with it, I imagine he probably learned it from his coaches or his parents or somebody that, hey, you know, this is nervous. This is, you know, whatever the you know, kind of the behavior you should have there. It really becomes a foreign subject. You know, what I mean, really really difficult to go there. I said, all right, so then let's, let's utilize it. So, I mean, it's one of the things that I use in my mindfulness and hypnosis is how do I utilize all the stuff around me to help me, you know, focus in. So I said, I said, look, so you, you're there. I said, why are you at a race? And, you know, we finally got it down. I'm there to run, right? So, you know, you're at a race because your stomach's upset, you got a headache, your body's tightening up, right? So you why are you there? I'm there to run. And I said, how do you want to run? I want to run fast, right? And if I run fast, what happens? I generally win, right? So now all of a sudden, what we did in the neural connection is we went from, you know, all the physical signs that you would say are negative means I'm there at a race. I'm there to run. I'm going to run fast. I'm going to be, you know, and I'm going to win. And he went from, you know, what he was doing to some consistency to being the number two person on the U.S. Olympic team at London okay so so the the you know the question is is there's there's a number of ways but if the two ends of the extreme are of like hey i can show you how to eliminate it and some people that works really easier and other people how do we take it and we utilize it you know what i mean so you know it, it just you'll have someone like a gymnast and you'll go out and if you, you watch it there's it's like a what four ring circus you've got high bars you've got you know the jump you've got the bars you've got the floor you know and there's music and there's stuff going on so i mean if you were in the gym practicing in the quiet it would be one thing but you've got all this commotion going on you know at one time so being able to help all that noise only helps you to focus in as if you were just alone on the beam as if we could put a bubble around you you know some people that's a great way is to, to imagine i just encased you a bubble and all that stuff just disappeared other people, you know, there's other ways to, you know, to do it because sometimes if that bubble gets popped by somebody, um, you know, which is one of the things as far as when I teach competitors, I don't have to be better than you. I just got to have you make more mistakes than me, right? <laughs> you know, we're in the gym and we're doing handstand pushups, right? If I just get you to think about your too much blood pressure going to your head and it's uncomfortable, you're probably not going to do as many as your, your best, right? So if I can get you to screw up or, you know, make a mistake, then, you know, another way, another way to use it, you know, the, the psychology in that part. Does that, does that kind of answer your question, you know, and kind of take a look at that is, is, you know, you've got the, you unconscious wanting to keep you safe. So then now, how do we begin to take those two things and, and begin to look at the outcome that we want and, and begin to build it that way, like I did with Kadivas and, and begin to utilize that? you know, is one of the alternatives.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It does make sense. Is, do you notice that there's better results, like utilizing that anxiety versus getting rid of it completely, or does it just depend on the person?
1: I'm going to say it depends on the person, but then people, I always, when, when I'm working, when I have clients working with me, um, I like, and, part of our, part of our session before I actually, you know, create a custom recording for them, similar to what you listened to what I shared and I can share with your, your, um, your audience is, uh, is we're, we're working on the strategy. I kind of call it, you know, the lab. If it was the, you know, if we were in the office still, it would be, you know, this is my, this is our lab we're, we're, we're building things, you know, a lot of younger, um, athletes or a lot of gamers, you know, it's like building your avatar and, uh, you know, helping people think that, you know, in their mind, there's a computer screen, there's dials, there's gauges, there's buttons and stuff. And if we were to, you know, dial in the equipment, just like you would if you were playing, you know, a shooter game and, uh, you know, Fortnite or um, I don't remember, you know, the different ones that are out there you know, you can, you can tweak your avatar to do certain things. You know what I mean? It, it's faster, stronger, quicker, you know, you've got a sniper versus, you know, some other type of handgun, you know what I mean? Just it has a scope on it. And uh, you can, you can begin to dial that in. So I want to, I want to make it so that when I'm, you know, we're kind of building, we're going to, we're going to take, and think about knocking over the first domino and that gives you your confidence back and you start to begin to solve this. And I expect, things to work very quickly. And then I expect them not to work. Okay. Because it's just part of your human nature then is that once I got your brain thinking like this, it should be able to help start thinking of solving it. You know what I mean? And kind of understand like, Hey, this one's not going to be done the same way as the other one. So now how do I use the same technology that Todd's introduced me to, to take care of that? Right. Okay. And, you know, it just might be a different situation. I mean, you've gone and you've competed before, right?
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Right. So you've been to different boxes and, you know, or different places. And you probably, if you've been there more than once, some of them will be more favorite. And then there's other ones that I didn't, I don't seem to do as well here. Right. You know what I mean? The rope seems to be, you know, slipperier versus, you know, this one, you know, I'm like a spider on it. You know what I mean? It, you know, then then if you let that stick around, it becomes a head game. And then, you know, now you're expecting to be slower. You're expecting to be stronger. You know, it's just kind of taking that, that advantage and putting it to use.
0: So are we, when you're talking about the different techniques you, you're working with, um, with your athletes or any of your performers, are we like changing thought patterns. Are we changing the subconscious and how it kind of functions? Like what's, what's happening on a neural or brain level, um, when working with some of these techniques?
1: So yes, (laughs) 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 let's step back and let's explain, you know, to your audience here. So I'm going to point to my right palm here. So if this is your conscious mind, this is your unconscious mind, right? So as an example, so your conscious mind can handle one to nine things at any one time. I usually say women on the higher end, guys on the lower end. This is your analytical, your critical thinking and your willpower. All right. Okay. So this is your part of your brain, the critic. It says like, what the heck? You're stupid. You're dumb. This is the part that beats you up. All right. Is the, is the main part of your critic. All right. Your willpower we'll talk about in a second. Now, how many things do you think go on in your unconscious or your subconscious?
0: A lot, constantly.
1: Give me a number. There's one to nine over here. Give me a number over here.
0: Um, 900. You're too low. Too low? 5,000?
1: You're still too low.
0: Really? 10,000?
1: You're way too low. Million? Now you're getting warm. Keep going.
0: <laughs> uh, 10 million.
1: Little, little more. So I mean, it's, it's, they say 2.3 million things per second go on in your unconscious. Habits, instincts, memories, emotion. This is what's going on over here, right? So you're not thinking about how your head tilted to one side, you touched your chin, you're breathing, you know, you, you've got the smile going on, you know, your, your voice tonality, you're making sure your heart's beating properly, you're getting enough oxygen and everything that's happening. So many things are going on in your head besides you wanting to, you know, do your, you know, get a deadlift with the, the cleanest technique or, you know, a squat or something, you know, coming out of the hole, you know, on a, a weight or, you know, just kind of thinking in some of the things I know that you like to, uh, to play in. Um, so. When you, when you think about it, so your question was, is it in your head or is it in your unconscious? So when your brain, the way it works is that, you know, when you were, let's say, you know, eight years or younger, we really didn't have a conscious mind in the development. Everything was, you know, totally, really unconscious, which is why when you watch younger kids, you can teach them multiple languages. They're kind of really creative. In some place where, you know, the way our school system works, we kind of, Shut that down, way too much. you know that, that, that force that comes in. So now all of a sudden, the, the conscious comes in. and if you think about how we learn stuff and how the, the common mentality, even in you know crossFit is that, it's repetition, right? So now the learning is repetition. So the question is is that when we're doing the repetition, are we doing it correctly? Right? Mm-hmm. Perfect practice makes you know perfect results. But how often are our practice is not perfect, right? <laughs> You know, so we build what we call what bad habits. You know what I mean. Yep. And you know, there, there's a term that's it's kind of out there for a long time called muscle memory. I'm not really sure that that's really accurate. What you're doing is you're doing enough repetition so that it becomes more of an automatic process, and the muscle really having a memory in itself. But you're you're being able to repeat the routine, you know, that way without thinking it. So if you think of, um, you know, even a squat, and I don't, I, I. I can't really compare that next to a golf swing, but you know, a number of the golf pros that I work with, with their students in this area. And I've worked with a lot of them myself is that they'll tell me that there's at least a hundred micro movements from where you're standing on the ball, you know, taking your club to the backswing all the way through, you know, to the follow through. I got to imagine there's probably if we were to analyze, you know, just, you know, a deadlift or a squat or something, some of the, you know, the techniques that you would do in, you know, CrossFit, that there, there's there's too many movements and you can consciously, you know, tell yourself, you know, to do, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you're thinking about it, if you're doing a deadlift, oh, I got to grip it, I got to bend down, I got to keep my arms straight, I got to, you know, get lower, I got to pull with my legs, you know, I got to get up so far then I've got to, you know, I mean, lean back. I mean, you can't talk yourself through it, right? You know what I mean? So you, your conscious mind can't handle that. So what you want to be able to do is you want to download that over here and being able to repeat it. Okay. So we'll come back, we'll come back to this in the way hypnosis and mindfulness kind of works in between here in a second. But if you, if you see some of the studies, I think like the University in Indiana is one of them that did, and they, they took, you know, basketball free throw shooters, and they took one group, and they let them practice throwing, you know, as many free throws per day for a week. And then they took a second group, and all they did is sat them down And they mentally took them through, you know, the exact motion of, you know, rolling the ball off their fingers, seeing the arc in the net, bringing it back, you know, this way. Right. And they but they were doing every shot perfect. So even the best free throwers in the NBA, you know, shoot probably about 90 percent, which still means they missed 10. Right. Mm -hmm. Out of 100. You know, so but the question is, is those 10 come up. One out of 10 or all 10 at once. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean you might shoot 90 of them straight and then like hey i'm shooting 100 then all of a sudden you, you know you miss 10. so um so you know the question is you know is, is which one's going to work and repeatedly when you've done this test and i've done this with when i when i have with the basketball team because it's a really quick and easy you know test to do is a lot of people go out and shoot 100 free throws get a baseline let them sit down now let me work You know, 30 minutes with a, you know, hypnotic or, you know, live or, you know, mindfulness, you know, presentation to their brain with their eyes closed, have them go out. And I consistently see from about a, you know, a a 2% minimum to, you know, I've seen 20, 25% improvement, you know, in just, you know, 15, 20 minutes. But what I'm doing is I'm taking away the mistakes I'm taking away, but I'm, and I'm making them see it in their mind and feeling it in their mind of being able to let that ball roll off, hit that arc, and go in. And, okay. and so what we're, what we're doing there is we're really retraining the brain how to do it perfectly. And what, what ends up happening, so how, how this works is that between the conscious and the unconscious, when we're, we're working with hypnosis, one of the key things is you want to, that people have is that they're stressed, they're worried, they're anxious. And we'll talk about how that fits in. But when we're in a relaxed state, you know, we go from alpha down to theta, even, you know, you know, in Delta, you know, we take the brain waves down, what we're slowing it down. So we're relaxing the body and then we're focusing the mind. So we want to relax the body first. We want to focus the mind second. The third part in, in this part is we're, we're, um, putting in new instructions. So this is where, you know, this is where when I'm working with a client, you're telling me the technique. I may know it because I've worked with a hundred other people like yourself, but I want you to tell me what you want. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What, how, do you, how is your coach and how is your trainers working with you so that I can weave that back in? So now we got relaxed, we got focused, we got new instructions. And what we do is we create this super learning state in your brain. And so just like when we'll talk about you listening to that, you know, stress the calm recording for 20 minutes, you weren't really thinking about anything, right? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You were just in my, in my world and my voice and, you know, everything that I was saying and whatever was going on is, was very low, if not, you know, out of the picture. So the same thing's happening here. So if we're talking about you doing better deadlifts or, you know, squats or, you know, runs or whatever you're doing we built this in the whole program. And, you know, in that time period, you've encapsulated your brain, you know, in your body and your mind so that you're seeing, hearing it in a relaxed way and you're doing it perfectly. Okay. And you're getting the full neurology of, you know, visual, auditory, kinesthetic, even smell and taste if it, if it was appropriate for that happening. So I've had, you know, things, you know, people that have smoked five packs of cigarettes stop and, you know, as fast as one session you know, you know, habits that people would say are very addictive, you know, you know, and you can get some very rapid change, you know, to begin to do that. But you're really you're really helping people, you know, do several things at one time. And as they, they begin to flow with it, they get a compound benefit, you know, of relaxation, which is the opposite of stress. You know, you've got the ability to learn the focus in, instead of, you know, being all over the place, you know, in, in this world. And, you know, then being real, you know, super learn this new instruction. And, and really, this is where you get to the power of it um, in, in using what I kind of do with my athletes versus just strictly a coach. You know, I mean, not because a coach is talking to the conscious part of the mind. And, you know, again, if they, if they can get that there and from there you can transfer it over here, it works well. The problem is, is that most people got too much noise going on over here and so many bad beliefs that it never really gets over here. And they constantly hit like what I call the "effort button, you know, and they just they just check out. They hit the effort button and just like. Give up. So if we can, you know, we use the technology of all this together and, you know, enhancing it in a, in a kind of place from that standpoint. Is that, does that make sense and kind of.
0: Yeah, it definitely does. And I feel like I needed you in my world like three or four years ago. I (laughs) ring muscle ups have been my CrossFit nemesis movement for about six years. And finally, as of like a couple of weeks ago, I'm finally getting that turnover. But I know like I was just stuck in bad movement patterns for so long from doing so many like failed (laughs) attempts. And it just like took like that long for me to overcome it. So I feel like I needed you in my life a while ago.
1: <laughs> you know, I'll give you I'll give you a little different example. Like when I, my wife was a manager of a club and they had a cro- CrossFit you know box that someone was running in there you know and set it up. So I was kind of there, and I remember we were doing uh, you know you know where you're you're running and then you're deadlifting and you know there was this compound you know you know action, and it was one of those six in the morning and um, my legs were just not happening. You know I, I was just you know, probably like wearing cement shoes. But what I what I found that really helped me was they had they had birthday parties that they would do in this sports club, right? You know, because it was the full thing. And there was one helium balloon that had, you know, just enough air that was floating. And I would do this with sprinters, right? You know, that are track and field people is what I would imagine for them to do well is I would imagine when they're in a the start, is imagine a, a you know, a, a spring. That was you stretched all the way back so that when that thing went, the spring like just, you know, pulled you all the way across that finish, you know, and saw some great results with people getting, you know, their lowest times. So I took that while I'm, while I'm running around this, you know, they, they had a um, soccer, indoor hockey, you know, thing. I'm running around. I'm imagining that I'm tying this balloon to my waist. And this helium is just making me float and I'm getting lighter as opposed to, you know, when you're running and you're, you're dog tired, you're like, you just like plotting. And all of a sudden I felt like I was floating and, you know, and I was able, you know, was looking, there was a cl- time and I was able to pick up time and pass people. And it was just a change of mentality. I just used like, you know, what was there and it was in that same idea. So I would think, you know, one of the things in those muscle ups to help you out would be to, to think about being lighter, you know, lighter and stronger, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if you were lighter, you know, then it would be that much easier,
0: yeah. right? I like it. I'll- so,
1: you know, kind of using that same idea, you know, to have some fun with, with it. And, you know, I've done that, you know, the balloons, I've done quite a bit, especially with, um, you know, marathoners or, you know, triathletes or biathletes or something, and they run. And, and at some point when you're hitting that wall, you you either you go, you know, when people they talk about having a runner's high is really they're just kind of going, they're shutting the noise off of their conscious mind, you know, and they're just in an altered state. And, you know, and all you're doing is really taking advantage of these altered states to, um, you know, perform your very best.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I will definitely have to uh, play with that later this week. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a quick break to talk about Venga CBD. I absolutely love CBD because of what it can do for the body with decreasing inflammation, increasing recovery, and enhancing sleep. Venga has an awesome product in the ultra gels to enhance recovery and also has their sleep product which is amazing for both the recovery aspect because it has the CBD, but also the sleep aspect because it has a compound called CBN, as well as melatonin. The other thing I absolutely love about Venga is it is made by athletes for athletes. So it is a highly tested product to ensure that it is high quality and is clean. I encourage you to go check out Venga CBD and test it out for yourself and see if you get the same benefits that I do. You can check out all of their great products by going to getyourfixpt.com slash CBD. And if you use my code, getyourfix at checkout, you can save an extra 20%. You can also check out all of my partners at getyourfixpt.com partners. And now let's get back to the conversation. So let's switch directions just a little bit. We've talked about performance some. Um, let's talk about injury um, more specifically, like it can be very scary for athletes who have gone through any sort of injury, whether it's traumatic or non-traumatic, to get back to that activity and test it out again. And I know you do a lot with like helping them kind of break some of those hurdles down. So um let's talk about that a little bit as far as like what can we do when we're just stuck in that like scared to test things again.
1: So let's go back to one of our first things we talked about is what do you want? Right. Mm -hmm. So I want my body, you know, strong, flexible, you know, whatever those characteristics are, you know what I mean? Quicker, faster, you know, stronger, you know, probably the three that, you know, roll off my tongue, you know, that are there. And, you know, it's sort of like, you know, I I don't know about your parents, but, you know, my mom's in her eighties and she's going like, Hey, you know, Todd, you're not as young as you used to be, you know, and, you know, kind of giving me the, and I go, yeah, I'm just getting younger, you know, I'm just reversing the age and I'm getting better. I'm getting stronger, you know, more flexible. And that's what, you know, I, I do, I I grew up ski racing and, um, now I've, you know, I've gone through, been an instructor, a ski coach and stuff. And, uh, now I'm helping out with Special Olympics, you know, ski, skiers and ski racers. But, um, you know, I, I happened to be driving to the mountain the other day. And my mom, I talked to my mom. She's going, yeah, well, just don't fall and hurt yourself. And I'm going like, no, nah, I'm going to stay on my skis and have fun. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> and you know, it's really, you know, that, that's really coming from an injury standpoint is let's come back and in, in how do I want my leg? So if you could go back to the 80s and pull up some reruns of uh, Lee Majors and the Bionic Man right let's build them better i mean and literally as corny as it is it it's really kind of the the fundamentals of what you want to start to think about you know if i had some surgery whether you know whatever it is is that hey i you know they made me better they made me quicker they made me stronger you know and now the the question is is going out and beginning to you know move through it and and you know get comfortable again and because there is going to be a part, you know, again, there's one part of your, you know, your your head that does protect you, right? Mm-hmm. And so, but you've seen people who've come back from injuries and done extremely well. So if they can do it, then I believe you can do it. You know, that's how I, you know, I mean, if, if, if it's happened in one place, then it'll happen someplace else. And that's really, it, it's kind of get, you know, helping people with doubt and fear mm-hmm. and, and how that happens. How that kind of plays in, let me give you a little idea of the technology behind it. So we're, we can only be here at 738, you know, right now is if you talk about, you know, mindfulness, you're here in the, everyone talks about being in the moment, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. we've got, we've got two parts. We got Brienne, you know, from her memory, right? You know, from now, you know, back to her birth. And so there's Brienne who's done things successfully, he's done things really well. Then there's Betty. All right. Betty's your alter ego that has all the guilt, remorse, failure, unforget you know, fullness, you know, whatever that's there. So the question is, is like, when we're going to do this now, is it Brianna or is it Betty showing up? Okay. That's number, that's number one. So the Bettys that we keep around act like a boat anchor. This is why people talk about dragging their past. Literally it's a boat anchor, right? Now. When we look here, that from other than this moment, now we've got our imagination. Okay, our imagination has two parts. The first part I talk about is worry, anxiety, and fear. Okay, because this is what people do: they go out slightly into the future. Your 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 clients with injuries, right? Mm -hmm. And they're running one of these patterns. Now, technically, they're three different things, but in my book, they all kind of do the same thing. You're going into the future whether it's in a moment or a year or whatever, and you're making a bad movie, right? You're making a bad movie of, you know, whatever the injury happened again, you can't do it, you know, whatever, it's sore, you have arthritis, I don't know, you had to have it amputated, whatever crazy thoughts you get in your head over, you know, that, that's probably not going to ever happen. Um, and you bring those back to, you know, the moment. So we're, we're here right here. And you bring those things back because, again, you're thinking about what you don't want instead of you want, right? Mm -hmm. And then you've got this boat anchor of, you know, Betty on the other side because you're remembering something of the past, right? Mm -hmm. And this is why people get stuck. Okay. All right? And what they don't realize is that, you know, these chains can be cut and these are temporary walls, but no one's ever taught you that you can move the wall. You can move those thoughts out. So what I what I end up doing here is that is really to help them come up with the 2.0 version of that. So similar to you with your muscle ups, is that hey, that was you know Brianne 101, now we're at Brianne 102 or 2.0 or whatever it is, or you know, 2.3 is, you know, you get to new a new level with it. And that's the part that we have to begin to create and install so that you can begin to, you know figure out i don't really care why they're there but you got to figure out what do you what do we got to what are we doing with you know getting those out of the way so that you can get that 2.0 you that going is that does that make sense
0: yeah it does it does
1: you know and, and really coming back to what you know hypnosis and mindfulness does versus that is that this all makes logical sense right but it's like you've got the angel and you've got the devil on your shoulders, you know, in that classic thing. And they're both talking in your ears. And which one are you listening to?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. You know, we talk about the wolf inside, like, you know, if you keep feeding the wolf, you act that way, you starve the wolf. You don't, I mean, it's the same, really the same idea in, in a sense is that how do? but the question then is that how do you do it and how do you do it repeatably, you know, so that you can move, you know, in a, in a succession to get to your, you know, your destinations. Mm -hmm. Is that so, you know, kind of, that's kind of, you know, the structure that's in there with every injury is, is to put in, you know, people's, you know, not only, you know, physically what they want, but then even talking to people's bodies. I mean, there's, there's other specialists that I've been around that, um, you know, have worked around people with cancer and some really, you know, serious diseases. And, you know, they, they saw massive improvements in their health, again, by changing their thoughts. Um, you know, and beginning to see that your immune system, your, your healing properties begin to work efficiently, you know, in that, in the belief that's there, cause you can believe you can, you can believe you can't, and your body's going to listen to you no matter what. So why not begin to, you know, take everything the medical community is going to do physically and then begin to put it, you know, on, you know, um, upfront, which is why like, um, you know, one of the women that works with me, Pat. She had all her um, her dental work. I taught her, you know, some pain control. She did it with all no- Novocaine. Oh, dang! One of my one of my teachers had his knee scoped um, with no you no know, no Novocaine. You know, I mean, or no, you know, anesthetics. Do you know, what I mean, anesthesia. I should say, get yeah. my words right here. So. <laughs> um, you know, there, there's different, you know, different ways that you can use the brain to turn some of that off. And, you know, if you go back to the 1940s, 1950s, a lot of the dentists were trained with those techniques because they didn't have Novocaine at the time, you know, mm-hmm. to administer. And they were doing some, you know, pulling teeth and cavities. And so, you know, there's some pretty effective ways of using your brain to, you know, take care of a number of those, those areas. So, I mean, so to come back around, you know, with some of those, you know, stories in in, in building this is that, you know, for the people with injury would be to um, really help them build, you know, what they want and then to begin to mentally take them through their body actually doing it. Okay. You know, I mean, you know, from, from you know, even if they were like permanently in a cast, but they would, you know. I've had people, you know, that way that we were working together, they would, they would begin to feel, you know, imagine what it would feel like is if, you know, they had free movement, you know, their, their arm or their leg was actually doing, you know, doing that motion. And, you know, it's the same way with, you know, some, I know CrossFit isn't, you know, so much in the bodybuilding and things like that. But, you know, just those strength motions is that I've had people, you know, just beginning to mentally move, you know, imagine that they were doing that weight, even though they were injured and they, they were beginning to, you know, bring everything through the neurology and, and, you know, and strengthen the muscles and the tendons and get things to flow and, um, you know, to move that in that yeah. process.
0: Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Um, going to, you mentioned it a couple of times and we will definitely share it with the listeners, the stress to calm um, audio. It made me... It really seemed to me all very similar to some guided meditations that I've done. So it really got me wondering, like, what's the difference? Or maybe there isn't a whole lot of difference, um, you know, with what happens with the brain when it comes to like guided to meditation versus hypnosis and, and how all that works.
1: So classically, they're, they're really going to be, if we were to put an EKG on the brain, you know, people that meditate in, you know, a hypnotic state, you're going to come from a waking state, you know, beta, alpha, theta, delta, you'd be able to do that. So like what, I have a Muse headset, I have um, HeartMath. I'm, I'm kind of always like playing with some of the technology so that I could show people some more empirical data, you know, with it on a graph so that they, they would see that um, process. But, you know, your brain would kind of go through that way. Typically with meditation, you're emptying the mind to relax the body. Okay. And meditation is really kind of what you're doing it, whether it's guided, you know, or you're just sitting there, you know, being quiet and trying to meditate, which is what most people think of meditation is that quiet. And there's too much noise going on in your brain of, of your internal self-talk or, you know, self BS that you never, you never kind of feel like you get there. Right. So the opposite here is that I relax the body to focus the mind, and then I had an outcome on there. So which isn't typically the way you know um, a guided meditation is typically designed either that way, um, and that's why I find you know I, I think they're both they're both effective. Um, I just find that you know coming at it with the way I do it you know relaxing, focusing you know putting the instructions you know in there help people take that. Cause I really don't, um, care if, if we had an EKG on and you got your, you know, your, your brain wave from a 40 Hertz down to a 13 Hertz, right. Doesn't really matter in, in my mind. It, it, I mean, unless we were trying to get you down to, you know, some, there's ultra depths where you want people down to three Hertz or something. There's people that, that do and test for that you're not running around with a muse on your head and, you know, or some EKG there. So the, the question really is, is can we, how do we redirect your thoughts in the most effective way that you can begin to see here and feel so you can repeat that process to do what you want to do? Is that, okay. does that make sense? Yeah. It so does. it's, I'm not, I'm not really kind of looking to create someone with a feeling. Someone goes, well, I don't feel hypnotized, okay? I didn't say you. You didn't come in to be hypnotized like when I do entertainment hypnosis where you come up on a stage and, <laughs> you know, I, I get you to bark like a dog or, you know, I bark like a duck or sing like a dog or something. If you go on my website, you'll see I was on a radio show interview and, you know, the classic one where I got the person to forget their name, right? And, um, you know, and, and it didn't take me that long to do that with them. And you couldn't couldn't remember his name, or you know, the classic one is count your fingers, one, two, you know, four, five, six. You know what I mean? That you're gonna forget the number three. And you know, people kind of think about it and they go, well, what's the purpose of you know getting people to forget a number? Right? Well, well, why not learn how to forget your mistake? Right? Yeah. You know, I mean your muscle ups, right? If if your coach is telling you, you know you know, Brianne, you know, like you're, you know, you keep doing, you keep doing, you keep doing the thing I'm telling you not to do. Well, what if we could just cut it out and throw it away? You know what I mean? And <laughs> then you would probably get past that sticking point, right?
0: Probably. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: So, you know, I kind of look at it as how do you know, it's just working with so many different people. It's kind of like, hey, this is kind of like a fun puzzle or game or, you know, I look at it like computer programming is like what's the code that God built into you, you know? Because God why are you unique, and um, how do I take what you know that code is, and how do we you know build it and do better with it?
0: Yeah,
1: is that is that making so? I mean, I, I really think they're they're similar. What what I think happens a little bit more is that since what I'm doing is a little bit more personalized than just a, you know a guided image, imagery. Um, I think it allows people to flow a whole a little bit easier than that part, and really it's the belief. Do I believe I can or I believe I can't, you mm-hmm. know? And in that stress to calm, when when your audience gets a chance to listen to it, I then anchor in there the word calm, 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 right? So mm-hmm. as you listen to that multiple times, it's gonna be a new trigger word. So the state that you've, you've kind of gotten yourself in that relaxed, focused state of calm, now you've got an auditory trigger, right? So we, we can build these triggers when we're, we're thinking about this. And this comes from neurolinguistic psychology is that, you know, we could create visual triggers, audio, auditory triggers, kinesthetic triggers, you know, touch, you know, smell and taste. So um, that uh, when, when certain things happen, you immediately, you know, slip into the you know, state that you want to get into, you know, of performance or power or quickness or something like that which when you come back to this topic of injury is, you know, when somebody, you know, kind of gets a twinge, you know, if your shoulder, you know, has got that sticking spot, the twinge. Now you could, you could either hit, feel that and go, oh, you know, or like, oh, okay, I'm getting stronger. I'm getting better. It's getting looser. You know what I mean? And, you know, it's this it's part's just part of my healing. You know what I mean? And, uh-huh. and it's getting better. You know what I mean? It's, it's really kind of what you're, you're, you know, giving energy to in that process, but that's something generally that has to be taught than it is the first thought that's going to come out of your, your brain <laughs> and your yeah, mind.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah, all that, all that uh, definitely made sense. And I uh, can definitely relate to, especially when you're saying like, ever like the computer program, everyone's a little bit different just because I'm the same way with my coaching. It's like everyone's, and even me personally, like everyone responds to different cues when it comes to improving technique or or changing things. It's like, it's why we just kind of like have this toolbox in our head of hundreds of different ways to word things.
1: Right. And, in that, and, and being able to give people those cues, you know, with their, their anchors or triggers is once they understand them, it's like the light switch. You know what I mean? Is that you begin to you know, it could be strictly on or off, but if you think about it, if you have a dimmer switch, right, you know, is, is what's the intensity that we want, you know, mm-hmm. or what's, yeah. you know, how do I control that energy or that vocal tone or, you know, that power in, in what we're doing? Yeah, definitely. So, so we think about like what I mentioned is like coming back to that gamer and an avatar is when you know, you're building this with people is that. Some people really enjoy it because I could I, I kind of create this room. It's kind of like their computer room. And when we're talking about those things, so let's say speed, you know, we want that up. We want power up. We want fear down. We want, you know, springs in the legs and you know, we want, you know, different things and, you know, begin to adjust and some will be dot knobs, some will be sliders, some will be buttons, you know, and what they're in and, and imagine that you're seeing this, you know, 50 inch LCD screen in front and it's your body and you're actually, you know, you're kind of testing it and, and seeing yourself move and perform that way. They're going like, oh, wow. You know I mean? I can actually begin to do that. And then, so with the things you're talking about, our cues are then beginning to build that in such a way that they become an internal trigger. So they've already seen it, practiced it, and then taking it out onto the, you know, the field, the court, the gym, whatever the surfaces that they're playing on in being able to implement.
0: Yeah. Awesome. I like that visual too of the, yeah, like increasing the power, decreasing the fear and just like those little switches and it's a good visual.
1: Yeah. It can be really powerful, you know, with people because they, they don't realize they can have much more control. They think it's, it's magical and, um, it is magical when you get it to work, but it, it's <laughs> something that they can get it. It's similar to watching, um, Kind of reminds me of Harry Potter when they play Quidditch, you know, and they're chasing around that little dragonfly ball or whatever, and it just they're just kind of grabbing it, you know, air or whatever, you know, trying to get it. But you, you know, you're grabbing it, you know what I mean? And then, you know, you're you're bringing it inside, and and you're making it yours. You're making it work, and and that's really awesome, awesome.
0: Well, kind of start closing things out. You are a wealth of knowledge. We talked about a ton of things today. Is there any, like, what are just kind of one or two quick little, not say takeaways, but just things that someone can implement to just kind of help them perform in like whatever they might be struggling in right now?
1: So uh, we've talked about it like twice before. I'll bring it up one last time. So it's it. it's really to take that. What do you want? You know what I mean? Awesome. <laughs> I like it. I mean, it, it's, it's really that, that's really kind of the start of it. You know, there's, if you think about, you know, your brain, there's a, a strategy that I've learned that I use in business. And um, in this, it's called the format system. Why, what, how, what if? Um, I'm assuming already that your clients, my clients kind of know why they're doing what they're doing, right? Mm-hmm. So they're already kind of bought in. There's 40% of their neurology that's already gone. That leaves another 70. So, you know, if 40% is answering the why question, you've got probably 30%, you know, on the what question, then between the how and the what if becomes, you know, the the implementation and the what if is how you future pace against, you know, those, those thoughts, which is sort of, you know, the injury recovery. But um, the the what is where I find most people, you know, why I love, I love, you know, CrossFit, I love baseball, I love golf, I love gymnastics or whatever. So that's my why I want to get better. What is it now I'm thinking about and this is where a lot of people are thinking, you know, about the wrong thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're, they're thinking about their failure, you know, making a mistake, you know, you know, muscling up, hitting their head on the bar, you know, cracking their teeth, falling off, you know, spraining. I mean, I, I've never seen anybody do any of those things, but in their brain, they're doing it, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. and, and, you know, so it, it just helps your body keep you off that bar and, you know, getting up above it.
0: Yeah. So
1: I I think really that that's kind of the beginning of it. You know, when you begin to think about that, it really can help clarify, you know, from a visual auditory kinesthetic type of way, you know, however you're wired and and give you that ability to move, you know, move forward. Mm
0: -hmm. Perfect. I love it. Well, awesome. Well, Todd, if anyone has more questions for you, wants to reach out to you or just learn more about you, where can they find you?
1: So if you go on the web at phillyhypnosis.com, P-H-I-L-L-Y, hypnosis, H-Y-P-N-O-S-I-S.com, you'll find my website. And uh, you feel free to give me a call at 215-696-1267.
0: Awesome. And we will put the link to the website as well as the Stress to Calm audio that we talked about in the show notes. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Todd. I greatly appreciate it
1: uh brianne thank you for the opportunity i hope it's been beneficial and uh if i can be any more of assistance just call me back up will do all right
0: i really hope you enjoyed that conversation today and before we close out i want to share with you a program i have called resilient shoulders as ocr athletes shoulder issues are very common And if you are like most athletes you use the lacrosse ball you stretch you do all of these things to try to improve the mobility of the shoulders and yet you continue to have pain many times it's because the right things are not being done to really solve those problems those underlying issues and that's why i created resilient shoulders resilient shoulders is an online platform that gives you the necessary things to do to resolve your shoulder issues, as well as minimize the risk of more issues happening in the future. So head over to getyourfixpt.com courses to check out the Resilient Shoulder Course, as well as my other online programs. And once again, thank you so much for listening today. I really hope you enjoyed it. And now let's go out and be highly functional.